it's another Victory Monday here on the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, running solo today. Of course, Dale is in Jacksonville interviewing all the players via Zoom with Dayon. They're doing the doggone thing for DKPittsburghSports.com. So I'm going to take you through the show. And man, Steelers fans, you got another one, another laugher, a game where you didn't have to worry about nothing. I mean, maybe in the first, like, 15 minutes. But after the Steelers took control in the second quarter, it was a wrap. Your Steelers beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-3. to The Steelers are 10-0. and Through 10 games, they are undefeated. They've never done this before. It's crazy. It gets crazier the, more it, the further this goes. But... This was Jacksonville. This was a house of horrors for the Steelers for years. They had struggled to find consistency. Ben Roethlisberger had struggled in this place. The last time, and what's crazy is with all that, they've still never lost in Jacksonville under Mike Tomlin, which is weird to say considering these two teams' histories. But we're here, and this happened. Ben Roethlisberger, 32 of 46, 267 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, a good day from him. There were a couple passes that you were like, whoa, whoa, hey, Ben, what are you doing there? What are you doing there? But he still made it work. James Conner, 13 carries for 89 yards, no touchdowns, but uh, that's a that's a pretty good day. That's averaging 6.8 yards per carry. A little bit closer, but again, the pass setting up the run, I think that's where this team has to go. I think that's where the team has to go. Deontay Johnson, 12 catches on 16 targets for 111 yards, leading the team. Chase Claypool, four catches for eight on eight targets for 59 yards and a touchdown. He now has 10 touchdowns in 10 games. He's the only rookie in the modern era of the NFL since 1970, since the mergers, since the Super Bowl era, to do that. But he's not a top 10 rookie in the NFL, as ESPN says. Huh, joke's on them. Eric Ebron gets another touchdown to his tally. Uh, Ray McLeod gets four catches for 20 yards. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster, did, he only had four catches four catches on five targets for 19 yards, but he had some really good blocks. He still was being that leader um, that, he, that he is, and he did look like he might have tweaked a hammy or had a cramp. Something weird would happen to his leg when he stepped on a flag. Uh, but Mike Tomlin said that it doesn't seem like it's serious. Now, the question is, though, is it serious enough to keep him out of a short week? Because Baltimore's coming up in three days, basically. We'll have we'll have that. Um, but all in all, this was a good Steelers win. Was it the perfect, you know, picture perfect, everything you everything you wanted? No, of course. The Steelers could have shut them out. They could have put up 45 points instead of 27. But the point is, they got the jobs done. Also, the defense playing a huge role in this. They gave up an, an initial drive of th- uh, where they where where Jake Luton made some nice plays. James Robinson made some nice runs. You know, and there were there were some happy moments for for the Jaguars. But that was it. After that point, it was a wrap. Uh, the Steelers gave a field goal on the opening drive. That happened with about a, uh, 10 minutes and 57 seconds left in the game. From 10:57 in the first quarter to the end of the game, the Jaguars were shut out. This defense was balling. Cameron Hayward leads the team with five tackles tied with Vince Williams and Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka gets two more interceptions to his tally. I believe he has five on the season. I have to check that real quick. Uh, but the somewhat of – no, it's not somewhat. It's a surprise. Terrell Edmonds 
adding to that interception total, he gets two more on 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 his on his uh, on his tally for the season. Those are the first two interceptions that he's had since his rookie season with the Steelers. He had a heck of a day. One was kind of thrown right to him, where he was just playing over top and it came right to him. But you know, again, when you're in position, that's what starts to happen. And then another one, he one-handed it. He plucked it out the sky, was thrown over his head, and he went and got it. That's the Terrell Evans we've been waiting for. And guess what? He's been consistent. I've been saying for a while this guy's been consistent in coverage, helping against the run, helping underneath, doing all the things he needs to do. And he delivered. So huge, huge, huge day for him. Also, that was Minka's fourth interception of the year, to correct myself from earlier. Um, he he now leads the team um, in, that, in, in that statistic. Uh, with Steven Nelson with two, and now Edmonds with two. Uh, both of them are behind him in that category. Uh, the Steelers, they didn't get a whole bunch of sacks in this game. They're, they're doing it different ways, man. You know, when teams want to throw the ball quick, the Steelers are now able to say, you know what, we've got the talent in the secondary to adjust that to that. And you see that happening throughout the game because, you know, before, if the Steelers, with the way that they used to rush the pass and they didn't have a secondary, they had Artie Burns, Cody Sensiball, you know, you know, Antoine Blake, all the all the cornerbacks that you didn't like over the past 10 years. When the Steelers had a pass rush, they would blitz their guys, they would bring the heat, but they didn't have the guys to take away the quick passes and to be consistent in coverage behind that pass rush. Now they do. So now they notice, hey, when you try to get the ball out quick, when you try to go for those quick routes and you try to take away the, the chance for the defense to create pressure, the secondary is still coming for you. It's not going to be easy for you, to, for you to do that. So the team does get two sacks. Bud Dupree gets another one. He brings his total to eight on the season. Um, and uh, Stefan Tuick gets another one. He brings his total to seven on the season. And he, as an interior defensive lineman, though he's listed as a defensive end, he is a he is a basically a, a defensive tackle for the Steelers. The only non-edge rusher to have more sacks than Stefan Tuick right now at seven sacks is Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in football, maybe the best player in football. <clears throat> Excuse me. But point being, this is a dominant performance by the Steelers. Jake Luton. You know, got to give him credit for hanging in there and being tough over the past few weeks, filling in for Gardner Minshew. But in this game, 16 of 37, 151 yards, zero touchdowns, and four interceptions. Ouch. That's just that's just utter domination. The Steelers, you know, they, they let James Robinson do a little bit of running. He had 17 carries for 73 yards. That's all fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, that wasn't nearly enough to get this offense, the, the, the Jaguars' offense going. And this was the difference. When the Steelers' offense puts points up on the board, when they be, build that lead, then you can't just keep handing the ball to your athletic running back. And I like James Robinson. You've heard me talk trash to Dale about James Robinson because I picked him up in fantasy. Dale thought it was a horrible pickup, and now I'm on a three-game win streak. It's about to be a four-game win streak after this week's over because I'm on fire right now. Um, but that's another story. Uh, but all in all, Steelers' defense doing the doggone thing really played well across the board and um I, I I think you you could check off so many boxes of things done right you had Tyson Alulu batting a pass that eventually got intercepted by Minka Fitzpatrick um you know they didn't even they didn't even really get the uh um they didn't really get the, the fumble the fumble recovery that we you know that that normally when you're dominating like this and you need something to push you over the top you get a fumble that goes your way they didn't even get that they didn't need it they got four interceptions I mean 
this team has so many ways to beat you and it continues to be that and I keep saying that over and over each week that they've got so many ways to beat you this is why I've been saying this team was going to be very good this year they're on their path to being great this year we're going to take a quick break when we come back more talk about the Steelers and taking a peek around the NFL for what else happened in those one o'clock games because there was a key game you Steelers fans would probably be interested in hearing about I'm going to give my opinions on that right after this Here on the DK Steelers Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, running solo today. We've got Dale Lawley and Dayon Kovacevic in Jacksonville right now, just basically doing their thing, picking up on all the uh, notes that the players are dropping in the, in the Zoom press conferences. They were at the game. They saw it from the press box in Jacksonville. Um, don't forget, you can read all of their work on our website, dkpittsburghsports.com, where you can subscribe for a, you know for a month for $4.99 or for a whole year for $39.99. Do that. You get all our Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, uh, Pitt, Penn State, and Duquesne coverage that you can shake a stick at. But let's talk about the Steelers a little bit more. Guys, again, when... When you've heard me in my and my don't get me started rants, there won't be one today. It's, remember, it's the showtime segment for the third segment, so my don't get me started rant will come tomorrow. But when you hear, uh, when you've heard me talk about you know the power rankings, the people dissing the Steelers, and me just saying, okay, you hold on to that, buddy. It's been because I've I've seen the Steelers, their defense, they stuff the run when they want to, they rush the passer when they want to, they intercept the ball when they want to. They do the doggone thing uh, at, at so many levels. They take away the short pass. They take away the long pass. There's no easy way to beat the Steelers' defense unless they make a mistake. And mistakes can happen, but they but when they they limit their mistakes to the point that you, it forces you to have a very good game to have to have a good game against them. You got to be on your p's and q's. And against a a, a young quarterback like Jake Luton. He he was put in a rough spot to go up against this team. Got to give credit to some guys playing well. Vince Williams filling in the middle. I thought he was in position several times throughout this game. We'll do our game ball segment at the end with Showtime like we've been doing for the past few weeks. Again, Stephon Tuitt, he may have only had one sack, but, I mean, just the constant pressure. And, and you saw in this game, again, going back to how they, were, how they can beat you in multiple ways, you saw how when... when they knew that Jake Luton wanted to go to those quick slants and get the ball out of his hands quick. You saw the defensive linemen standing up. You know, some of them would rush on the edge. Others would like kind of like patrol the line of scrimmage looking for that pass, and you see them put their hands up because they know that they're trying to take away that quick pass, something that's this, that other teams have done to Ben Roethlisberger this year. The Steelers are doing themselves to other teams. I think that further says just you know how much how much this team can adapt to different situations. Alulu had a bat like that. Tyson, uh, Stephon Tuitt had a bat like that. Bud Dupree had a – no, Bud Dupree almost had a pick that wasn't a, that wasn't a bat he almost had an interception uh but you know bud dupree is not a uh he's he's they say they say you're a you're a defensive back because you can't catch well enough to be a receiver well bud dupree's a, a linebacker so he's not even on that level so <laughs> he had one that should he should have really picked and maybe even scored on uh but all in all still a um 
you know, that's a solid day for him getting three more three more tackles and a sack. Uh, the offensive line, I thought, did a very good job keeping everything in front of them. Granted, you, you still didn't get the dominant run game that you'd want, um, but James Conner going 13 of 89, uh, 13 carries for 89 yards, a very good sign on his part. And it further confirms what I've been telling people. This ain't about James Conner. If it's there, he gonna take it. He's no su- excuse me. He's no superstar, but he is a very good back at doing the little things right. And when it's there, he takes it. And if you give him just a little bit of room to put, pick up some steam, he becomes very hard to bring down. And you saw that with a few runs in this game where he cut one way, it was taken away. He'd cut back the other way, he'd get a few more yards. There was one play, it was uh, maybe his best run of the day, where he ran to the left, it was all taken away. He comes back to the right, and then who's there but Juju Smith-Schuster blocking two people downfield, and he gets the first down. I think, again, the offensive line still does need to improve and run blocking and win more consistently there. But, I mean, that's another game where the offense put up 27 points, just short, just a field goal short of their... 30.1 per, you know, average per game right now. This offense is doing it, y'all. And yes, there's so there's certain things that I think I find Randy Feekner do that I'm just like, huh? What? What are you doing there? But it's obvious that this team is in the position to win week in and week out. Because they're winning week in and week out. Benny Snell had a touchdown run of the day. Thought he did a good job with that. Um, again, just a, a close distance back. When it gets tough, you put, you give it to him, and he's going to fight through it. And because he has fresh legs, he's even tougher to bring down. I think that's very positive for him. Uh, Chase Claypool, he had a drop that was tough, but the touchdown grab that he had was very good and another sign that, you know, this guy's going to be a problem for some time. Deontay Johnson, the way that he just catches the ball underneath and, and makes people miss. But then you saw the one catch. I mean, you guys remember that one catch he had at the one-yard line in the, in the second quarter? I mean, Ben puts it up. It's really good coverage by the Jaguars. The cornerback made a good play in the ball. He, he put his hands right between Johnson's hands. I mean, he put his whole arm between Johnson's hands, and, and, and it went up and it got, it got bad into the air. But Johnson stuck with it, pulled it in, and was brought down at the one-yard line. Um, heck of a showing from him because I, I've been a little you know, concerned about his development with Ben Roethlisberger over the past few weeks. We've been seeing you know, some times where he was looking over one shoulder and Ben throws it to the other and Ben's like clapping like, come on, man. And you see Johnson look a little confused. And then he did have a play where it, you know, it hit one of his hands. It was a little overthrown, but you know, still the rules like if it hits your hands, you need to be able to pull it in. He didn't pull it in on, a, on an early third down in this game. I felt like that pass at the one, that catch at the one that he had redeemed that 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 slant where he didn't pick it up, uh, pick up the third down conversion early in the game. I felt like that was a redeemable play, and it was just a further example of how how deep this team is. Is because you know Juju can not have a great statistical day, but Deontay can go out and do that. Chase Claypool can go out there and, and have it himself. Eric Ebron coming up big for the Steelers when they need him. Ray Ray McLeod getting worked into it. Uh, James Washington had a huge twelve yard grab. It was a perfect throw to the sideline, and, and Ben Roethlisberger being in sync with his wide receivers. 
being at the right place at the right time, knowing the timing of all the different routes that they have, putting the ball in the perfect spots. This guy continues to show that he is having the best season of his career. I like what I'm seeing out of Ben Roethlisberger. This is the competent Ben Roethlisberger we've been waiting for years to see in years past, even when they beat the Jaguars. And again, they, you know, they go on the road to Jacksonville. They haven't lost on the road to Jacksonville, but um, under Mike Tomlin, that is. But with Ben Roethlisberger, there'd be several times where they'd be they would be in trouble in these games because he wasn't doing enough. Um, because he would be looking at um, uh, he would he'd he'd be, he'd be looking into it, staring down one receiver, you know, throwing into double coverage, you know, making ill-advised throws. Uh, because he wasn't seeing the field. That's not a thing this year. Ben Roethlisberger sees the field. He's a field general. I think that that's a, that's a huge thing to have from this game and uh, something that's really that's, – that, that's what's making this offense go. That's what Randy Feekner has helped Ben to get better at. Um, even in the Todd Haley years, I felt like he was too concentrated on his – on his like you know top targets and who his best players were now he's more so concerned about what's the opposing defense doing what's this happening how do I adjust to this and he seems like he's taking advantage of what's there um gotta say all those things are very positive signs by this Steelers team um I, I loved I loved 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 the schematics of the play action pass to Ebron over the middle now this is the old school Chris Carter right here y'all don't know uh you know some of my footballers this is one of my favorite plays to call or, or favorite plays to see work as a play action hitting a tight end over the middle for 10 or 12 yards now of course that went far far, far farther than that but I love that because that puts the mental game in the heads of the linebackers and the safeties who got to line up over the middle and they're like okay the runs their runs killing us or they're pounding us with it and we got to be ready for that oh wait no it's a fake run no and then it's too late and you can't you can't do nothing but just cry about it because the tight ends walking down the field as Eric Ebron walked down the field and got his touchdown for the Steelers in this game so just huge again so many ways to win and I think it, it, it's going to continue to be a theme for this Steelers team uh, for the rest of this year, uh, the, the, this team has uh, this team has so many different components to it that build that balance. Uh, Steelers fans, count every one of these days that you're watching this team, man. This is special right here. This is special. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, it's showtime. Who got you the money? Who got who got my game balls for the Steelers in this game? You probably have an idea of it, but just by watching. But I'm gonna give you my game balls and some of my top fantasy performances this week right after this. All right, it's showtime, y'all. It's the time of the show that you know where I give out the game balls for the previous game saying which Steelers contributed the best to the win. Uh, and it's funny. Game balls are such a cool thing when you're a player. You know, you know, it's right after the game. You're talking with him. Your coach is celebrating, and he's like, all right, game ball goes to this guy. And then everyone cheers and claps it up in the locker room. It's a really good feeling for uh for you know for for a player to get it and then even when you don't get it when other guys get it and you clap them on you celebrate them it's a really good unifying thing after the game um and I, I think there's some very clear game ball guys in this one uh first and foremost Terrell Edmonds you get a game ball I mean two interceptions in this game 
This guy was balling for the – and he had four tackles. This guy was balling. Again, the first interception was more so, hey, it's the overthrow that you're supposed to intercept. Like, if he had dropped that, it would have been like, come on, Terrell. And he's had a few come on, Terrell moments through his career. But this is the Terrell Edmonds we've been waiting to see. We've seen him make plays underneath. We've seen him make good tackles. We've seen him, you know, show his athleticism to play good in space and to use his size. Now we just need to see him use his hands a little bit better. He caught the easy interception, but the play for me, for Terrell Edmonds, was the pluck out the sky that he had. I mean, he was playing underneath, and it was a, also, it was a very good schematic setup. I know I just did a classroom last week about how the Steelers use their safeties and how they confuse people, but I want to do another one because it was so beautiful. And you're probably thinking, okay, Chris, what happened there? But, okay, on this, on this interception, the Steelers come out, they show two deep safeties. They still run a two-deep scheme, but the thing is is that both Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick drop underneath, and the cornerbacks drop that drop deep. It's an inverted cover, too, and so all Edmonds does is he just watches Luton's watches eyes, and he's just like, come to Papa, come to Papa, you throw that ball, you throw that ball, and he's playing underneath the overtop zone, and the guy's thinking like, hey, this is a post route, I'll throw I'll throw this, he, he, the, the deep safety will be behind him, he won't be able to get to it, nope, the deep safety that you thought was the deep safety is really playing an intermediate zone he jumps the pass and tips it to himself for a, a great interception Terrell Edmonds game ball I bet you Mike Tomlin actually gave him a game ball after this because a lot of people had to be feeling good for that dude for the way that he performed in this game oh man just so so much good stuff to to be to be thought in the in, in that in this game um really liked what I saw out of him uh, going back to the offense for a game ball, because I always like to, to balance it out. Got to give a game ball to Deontay Johnson. Um, 12 catches on 16 targets for 111 yards. Yes, he didn't get in the end zone. Um, and you know, there were come to a couple times you're like, ah, come on, Deontay. But the uh, the one play where Ben Roethlisberger threw a deep ball down the sideline to, towards the end zone, and the, the, like I said, the defender puts his arm in between Johnson's hands. It was really good coverage, but Johnson sticks with it, catches it while being tackled, and rolls over with the ball at the one-yard line. That's the kind of stuff that you need to see out of a receiver that you're expecting to contribute moving forward. Um, that's the kind of stuff you need when Juju's hurt and you need, you need guys to step up. Johnson continues to look like a special receiver. Ben Roethlisberger showing that he trusts him and makes the play. So Deontay Johnson, you get a game ball. I'm not going to give one to Ben. Even though I thought he had a very good game, there were some really accurate passes. You know, the one interception I think hurt him. If if he had thrown thrown that touchdown at James Washington in the end zone, that would have been that would have cemented him. Like, okay, yep, this dude, this dude got got it this week. But he didn't do that. I mean, I feel like it's too easy to say that the third game ball should go to Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, he did have two interceptions. He did lead the team in tackles. Oh, heck with it. I'm going with Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, I convinced myself there, right? <laughs> Five tackles. Lead, you know, tied for the lead with the team. Two interceptions, one of which came in the end zone and was a game changer. I mean, I don't know what else to say. That, that that's what you want. That's what you want him to do. He's got four picks on the season. He's doing the things that free safety that the Steelers have needed for years to see from, from their ball hawks. And uh, it just it brings so much else together because now as again as a team as a defense as an offense you're thinking every game we got to avoid that guy and this is a game where one of the picks wasn't avoiding him one of the picks was a tip pass to him um but this this is a this this is just a situation where you're ta he takes advantage of, of of so of any time there's a mistake around him you see him jumping on it and how many times have we seen teams make a mistake 
and the Steelers just defense just not be able to do just enough to take advantage of that mistake to uh to capitalize on it and then you're thinking like man if this guy could have pulled in that interception this drive could have ended that's what makes a team truly special is that they take advantage of as many opportunities as possible in this game in, in this game I mean uh, again when you know, you think back to those games and you think back to man you know these drives along especially in today's NFL where offenses get every chance to do anything they want um you can you can you can catch this you can catch the Steelers. There are several times where they'd have had a a pass that was thrown right to them that they dropped, and then later that drive it leads to a touchdown um, or a field goal that ends up losing them in the game. This defense they capitalize on so many of those opportunities, so many so that now with today's game they have 15 interceptions on the season. Um. The teams that the only teams that were with them were the Patriots, who I don't believe got nearly enough to match them today. Uh, the Colts, who are playing the Packers on the four o'clock games as I record this, um, they already do have an interception on Aaron Rodgers, so we'll see how that goes. And the Buccaneers, who play Monday night, so going into Monday night, it is very likely the Steelers will lead the NFL in interceptions, which is fantastic. And a further sign of where this secondary has gone under Mike Tomlin and Keith Butler's tutelage. And also, that ups their tur- their turnover total to 21 through 10 games. They're averaging just over two turnovers a game. That's huge. And I think it's also a testament to, you know, just to, again, this defense taking advantage of every opportunity and finding the different ways to, to, to beat you, finding the different ways to make you force you to have to avoid a strength of theirs because you don't want to you don't want to throw it you don't want to take too long in the backfield to throw the ball because TJ Watt and Bud Dupree get you. But you don't want to throw it too quick because you got the, all these guys covered underneath that are gonna pick you off. But you don't want to you know you know try to force it to your best guy because they'll try to they'll they'll, they'll try to take away their best your best guy. Uh, I mean it's it's so many different things that you gotta find a weakness to pick at and uh, the Steelers. They're doing it right now. So congratulations to them. Huge win for them. Steelers fans, uh, your game ball guys this week are both your starting safeties, Terrell Edmonds and Micah Fitzpatrick, and receiver Deontay Johnson. Now, looking around the NFL for some uh, for your top fantasy performance performers uh, this week, uh, really saw some impressive games. Uh, one, Chase Claypool showing up the way that he did uh, to get that touchdown. That'll be good for fantasy owners. Deshaun Watson went off at the quarterback position. Uh, he had um, um, he had, he had two touchdown passes, 344 yards through the air. He added 36 more yards on the ground with a touchdown run of himself. Taysom Hill showing up for uh, the Saints in their 24-9 win over the Falcons, 23 yards through the air, no touchdowns through the air, but 51 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Backing up Coach, Coach Sean Payton for starting him over Jameis Winston, even though Jameis Winston has 25 career touchdown passes against the Falcons with only nine interceptions. Um, that was big for him. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, getting two touchdowns through the air and only one interception with 259 yards against the Ravens defense, a defense that has uh, they they have some pretty athletic cornerbacks. So really good showing for them. Um, going going forward here, Derrick Henry. I mean, he's Derrick Henry, and the Ravens were trying to contain him for the most part, but that ended in, the, in overtime. You just saw them. He just wearing them down, wearing them down, uh, and he finished with 28 of 133 yards. Uh, 28 carries for 133 yards and a touchdown. And that touchdown came in overtime when he just, he, I mean, you just saw the Ravens just 
get just get ground and ground and ground and ground. And the fact that the Ravens um, are now six and four on the season, I mean, they're in trouble, y'all, because now the Steelers can officially clinch the eight, well, not clinch. I'm sorry, I take that back because the Browns are still there. But they can lock Baltimore out of the AFC North crown with a win on Thursday night again Thanksgiving. They can lock them out. Now you're probably thinking, wait, what? What do you mean? Well, here's the thing. The Browns beat the Eagles. So they're now 7-3. and three, So they're still very much within reach of the Steelers. Though that though Their time to close that window is getting tighter and tighter. But the Ravens losing, they go to 6-4. and four. That's a rough spot because now that Steelers are 10-0, and you're four games back of the Steelers, and they already have a win over you. So if the Steelers go to 11, go to 11-0 and and the, and the Ravens drop to 6-5, and mathematically, they're out of it. Not only can they not can they, you know, it, it would take the Steelers losing out and the Ravens winning out after that game. And then, even if that happened, you, the, the Steelers would still have the tiebreaker because they would have swept Baltimore. So this is now, I said with today, like, you know, I thought the Ravens might win this one, but then Clay's Campbell was out, and that's when I was like, ah, I, I, I do a pick derby with my family where, where all my dads and uncles and they, everyone's there talking about, you know, we, we pick all the game, we talk all the trash. I switched over to the Titans right before the game, and I'm glad I did because it got me an extra point in that league. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, rough time for them. Now, J.K. Dobbins did show up for the Ravens. He had uh, 15 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. Um, two catches on two targets for 15 yards. Solid performance for him. Um, someone that you should probably look at some waiver wires, see if there's some leagues where he's floating around. Antonio Gibson for Washington, uh, 16 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Really good showing for him against the Bengals. Tough day for the Bengals. They lost to the Washington football team, and uh, they lost more than that. Joe Burrow took a really, really, really rough knee injury. That was uh, very sad to see um, because uh, – you know, he just he saw his knee buckle, and you saw him on the cart afterwards. His season is done, and it just shows. You know, when you're when you're playing, and you're you know you're playing, you're putting your guy out there, and your offensive line stinks. He's gonna have to he's gonna have to take some serious hits, and so he's gonna be put in danger, and uh, that's the danger that you run there. Now he's got to rehab a knee, uh, go at just after his rookie season, so that's rough. Uh, Carlos Hyde for the Seahawks did his thing Thursday night. 14 carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so really good stuff from him there. Um, uh, you know, I, again, I look at I look at some of the passing games in this league, and uh, you see some guys step up now. Here's a surprise, and I would never pick this guy up in fantasy football for the long term, but Demir Bird for the Patriots caught six of seven passes for 132 yards and a touchdown. The Patriots did lose to the Texans, so basically you can count the Patriots have any chance of making the back door of the of the playoffs. In my opinion, I think they're toast. Um, but Demir Bird getting you twenty ish points in fantasy football is really good. DJ Moore for the Panthers seven kept, caught seven of ten for one hundred twenty seven yards, uh, no touchdowns, but still a really good sign of his stepping up. Uh, the 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 Panthers shut out the Lions. Uh, so thank you, Dale, for uh, pushing me to take the Panthers, uh, even though I didn't want to. Fine. I took the Panthers, and guess what? They won. So there's that. Um, Curtis Samuel also with the Panthers. Uh, eight catches for uh, 10 targets for eight for 70 yards and a touchdown. Um, also had a also had a four-yard run there. Good stuff from him. A.J. Brown showing back up for the Titans. Four catches for seven, on seven targets for 62 yards and a touchdown. Like I said, Chase Claypool also had a solid day. 
So those are all your fantasy performers from the early games on Sunday. Thanks so much for tuning in to the DK Steelers podcast. Uh, be sure to tune in all week. We've got great stuff for you on the DK Podcast Network. It's Thanksgiving week, y'all. The Steelers play Thursday, so we're going to be getting you ramped back up quickly for the Steelers to play on the short week. Lots to talk here. We'll have Dale Lolly on tomorrow breaking things down now that he's back from North Florida. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate the show five stars. Leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts. Doing show really helps out the show. Subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. I'm Chris Carter, your host. Be back in your ears tomorrow.